Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius again. We are going through the teachings of um, Apostle Paul, the letters of Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians. This is First Thessalonians. We have we have arrived at chapter four, and from verse thirteen, we are going to talk. Apostle Paul is going to now talk to the believers about the hope of Christ coming back and the hope that there will be a resurrection of the dead in Christ and there will be a rapture of the saints for those who are alive by that time. And that is what he started talking to the Thessalonians about. Many believers have quoted this over and over again. And we're going to start from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. This is letter of Apostle Paul. He said, But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, Concerning them which are asleep, that is, when they are asleep means they were dead in physically dead. Because they are just, as far as God is concerned, they were sleeping. Because God is going to wake them up. We say that their body was thrown to the grave and rotting for thousands of years. To God that's nothing, because we come from nothing and we put on a body in our mother's womb. That how did that body got formed in the mother's womb? Because the spirit came into that into that body and produce a flesh and let that grows. So we came out here from nothing. So now God says he's going to call all the dead in Christ back to a new body. And they are going to be back with a body that will not be corruptible anymore. And this Apostle Paul is telling the Thessalonians this. So that we may have a hope for those that have died in Christ. But those who died in, in their sin, that are not in Christ, unbelievers, when they die, they are in hell, suffering till that time. They are also going to be resurrected, not at the same time when Christ came back, it will be after another thousand years when there will be resurrection of all the dead to stand before God. That is different from this resurrection that Apostle Paul is mentioning here in 1 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 4, verse 13, because this is the resurrection of the dead in Christ. And why are they resurrected for? Because they are going to reign with Christ for 1,000 years, a time of rest. And God said, a day of rest. And that is what the book of Revelation, chapter 20, if you want to read more about that, go and read the book of Revelation, chapter 20. The whole story was written there in summary that there will be the dead in Christ will rise first to reign for 1,000 years with Christ on earth. And they have to be populated again. After the world has been destroyed, the world is going to be destroyed in a few years in the Third World War before Christ come and then Christ will come down from the sky with all those that have gone to meet him in the air and descended and those that are remnant that are left on earth that have not been destroyed in the world war will be gathered from all where they are hiding in holes and in peace and in underground they will be gathered again to repopulate the air for 1000 years and the air will be populated but then Christ and his Christians will be reigned upon the earth controlling them and teaching them the ways of God and then at the end of 1,000 years, there will be a test for those that have lived for almost a thousand years on earth. They will be tested because Satan will be allowed to test them again. You see that in the book of Revelation chapter 20, when Satan will be loose from that bottomless pit to go and test these dwellers on earth again. And they will try to say they want, they want democracy. They don't want to be ruled by, 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 by Christ or something like that and they all be destroyed. But that is another story. Go and read the book of Revelation chapter 20. But here is what Apostle Paul is telling us, that we that are believers on this side of the 
of the of the of the story we shouldn't be we shouldn't be ignorant of the fact that the dead in Christ will rise for that's what we are reading in verse 13 of first Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 40 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. God will bring them with him. That is, the resurrected Christ, when he's coming back, will bring all these dead in Christ with him. But how are they going to be coming back with him? They are going to be resurrected. This is what he says in verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we, which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, he said we, because he was still believing that it will be in his lifetime at the time he was writing this letter. Because, like I said, this letter was written when he was still preaching about and persecution was coming. So the, this, the, the gospel has been known and what God is going to do has been revealed from that time. It's not something that was created some 2,000 years later that there will be a rapture. This is what has been written. Apostle Paul was telling us when he was still preaching about and they were persecuting him. So he said, because that is the hope of the saints. When they come to Christ, they have a hope that even if they die, they are going to be resurrected. That's the hope that even if we are persecuted and we are killed for Christ, there will be a resurrection for the believers. So it's a hope. But when would that be? That's why Apostle Paul thought he would still be alive. But that's why he said, we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, I was saying, Apostle Paul thought he would be one of them that would be alive at that time. Because the Lord Jesus Christ purposely did not give the time frame for the apostles. When they asked him, uh, before he went up into heaven, they asked him in the Acts of the Apostles chapter 1, that are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel and all this time? Let me read that to you in the Acts of the Apostles chapter 1, when the church was to start preaching about verse 4. And being assembled together with them, that's when Jesus Christ resurrected and was showing himself to the apostles and to the disciples, commanding them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Now verse 6. When they therefore were come together, as their disciples, they came together and Jesus Christ was still among them after he has resurrected from the dead. They asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, why, why were they asking this question? These all Jews, all they were hoping for and aspiring for was that they thought God was going to kick out the Roman Empire that had been ruling over them and make them have a, their, own king, their own country by themselves and rule themselves, not, by, not rule over by the Roman Empire. That was what they think the Messiah was to do. Because that was what some of their rabbis had been preaching to them before Christ came. And it became a wrong teaching for them by those who claimed to be preaching from the law of Moses, from the words of the prophets. They couldn't understand what the prophets were preaching. So they were thinking, when that Messiah will come, he will drive all the Romans out of the land and they will have their own country by themselves, like King David was ruling over 
Israel in those days, that they will have another son of David that will take over and rule and drive out the Romans from the country. That was the wrong teaching that they were raised with. All those Pharisees were raising those type of false teaching. When, when Jesus Christ came and people were saying he's the Messiah, and Jesus Christ was not going in that direction, they couldn't accept it. That's why they couldn't accept it. They wanted a political Messiah to drive the Romans out of the land. They said God brought a spiritual Messiah to save mankind from their sin. Because as long as sin is in the world, Jesus Christ told them, didn't you hear that some, the, the, tower, the tower fell upon some people in, uh, in, in the one place? Or didn't you hear that the, 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 the governor mixed the blood of some people, some Galileans, with, the, with their sacrifice? He said, except you repent, you shall also likewise perish. Well, one of them, God is not talking about political Messiah. They are to repent from their sins. When people repent from their sins, then God can defend you and fight for you. But if they are not repenting from their sins, they think God is going to bring the political Messiah. That's not what God planned for them. God wants to save mankind from their sin first, so that we are back to God, lined up with God. So that is really what God was saying. And so they were asking him, where are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Only my kingdom. The kingdom means for Israel to rule himself. And if Israel rules, he can conquer other countries and be like King David was ruling over the region. That's what they mean by the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Israel. And they were expecting that the Messiah would bring that. But that was not the plan of God for that generation. The Messiah will bring that at the end of the war when he will reign in the, in the millennia that was written in the book of Revelation chapter 20. Because Christ will be reigning from Jerusalem over the whole world. And we have people appointed to rule all the other countries. For 1,000 years, that is what we just mentioned in the last broadcast. But see, the apostles and the disciples that were following Christ, they didn't understand all these things. So they were thinking, are you going to do that now that you have resurrected from the dead? Is that the next thing to come and take over this and bring the kingdom of Israel and drive these Romans out? And Christ told them the answer. Here is this verse 7. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. As the answer to them. So it's not for you to know that. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So he's saying, You are going to go out and preach the gospel, this gospel of the kingdom. And so now they went about preaching the gospel from Jerusalem first, then to Judea, then to Samaria, and then Apostle Paul and his team going to the Gentiles to the rest of the world that we should repent and come to God and line up with Christ and is changing hearts, saving souls, taking, taking men from sin to, to righteousness. That is the plan of God, to save mankind from sin. Because it is sin that is trying, so is sending people to hell and lake of fire. That is the uttermost, that is the most important thing. Oh, who is going to rule the world? That's not sin. That is secondary. Rule your heart first and line up with God is the most important thing. So Apostle Paul, Continuing in this book of First Thessalonians chapter 4. That when Christ shall finally come, this is when he's going to raise up the dead in Christ first. That are going to reign with him. Verse 16, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, this is the rapture. That's what we call the rapture. Rapture means wrapped up and taken up, taken away. But it is a way of comfort one another with these words. Now, many people have seen visions of similar that this is going to take place very soon. This is going to take place very soon. And the same way when Apostle Paul wrote this one to the Thessalonians and they heard about it, they were so excited, thinking it's going to happen very soon. But Apostle Paul, in the second letter to them, corrected them on that. Well, let's go on to chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. In chapter 5, he's going to wrap up this letter. And he said, but of the times, now he's talking about when is this going to take place? This rapture that we are talking about, when is it going to take place? Apostle Paul said, of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. It's going to come suddenly like a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. That verse is very important. He's saying, ah, when will this take place? What will be the situation in the world by the time the rapture will take place? He said, people will think everything is okay, peace and safety, the world is going smoothly, but see, they do not know that at about that time, Christ will come. And that's why they say, like, suddenly destruction. The same, the same suddenly disappear, and they will, the rest of the world will go into world war. That's it, the destruction is going to destroy the world. Verse 4. He said, But ye, brethren, that we believers, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. If we are in Christ Jesus, we should be listening to prophecies. We should be hearing from God, either in dreams or in visions. Or when we gather together in prophecies about the Lord's coming, how to prepare ourselves. Because he said, because ye shall see me. Say the world see me no more, but ye, we believers, shall see him. Say, because I live, ye shall live also. That's why Christ is revealing himself to believers in the that are following him up till now, he's still revealing himself to believers. And many of the time you have to remember, he showed these visions of rapture sometimes to make people get ready. To make people run the race, to quicken their pace. Because if you die, even though Russia has not taken place, and you die in sin, when you claim to be fallen Christ, if you die in uh, ungodliness, you are going to be punished in hell. You see? So that's why sometimes we reveal vision to people to quicken your pace, to straighten up. It doesn't mean that the rapture is coming tomorrow or in your lifetime. It may not even come in your lifetime. But if you die in your sin, there's no more chance to repent and you'll be in, in serious trouble in, in, in hell. That's why sometimes we use the same vision of rapture to warn people so that they can straighten up and quicken their pace because they may even go into paradise before the rapture could take place. They may be one of them that will be died and resurrected. All these apostles, they thought it would be their time, but it made them to work hard. It made them to get serious. It made them to quicken your pace. It made them to quicken to, to, to make sure that they are living upright in righteousness. That is what the message of his coming soon should do to every believer. Make sure you don't become lousy and do things to that will turn you into hell or lake of fire. It's very important that this message is to quicken you that the Lord is coming soon is to make you Check your own heart. Check your own household. Make sure your heart is right. Make sure you're living, you are living for him. You are working for him. You are walking in the way he wants you to walk. 
So very important that we live in the light. Even though even, even if rapture is not in our time, we must make sure that we do not die in sin because that is a loss. That would be a loss for anybody that claims to be a believer. If you die in your sin, unrepentant, you'll be in lake of fire. You'll be going to hell with the rest of the unbelievers. So that's why the message that the Lord is coming soon is essential and he's sending it to every believer that is that needs to hear uh, every generation. He's sending it to every generation so that they can quicken their pace, not because he's going to come in their generation, but whenever he Whenever they hear it, is to make you run the race properly, make you check yourself and quicken your pace. Because if you go and die in righteousness, you go to paradise and wait for the rest of the believers. But if you die in your sin, it's be too late. So not to die in your sin, you better know that Christ is coming soon to make so gear you up to walk, to gear you up to righteousness, to gear you up to holiness. That's what the message is always to do for believers. So Christ sent that message, sometimes through visions, sometimes through prophecies, through dreams, to generations. Every generation have received it. The meetings come in their generation. It may not come in their generation, but they are going to be go with go and be with him. But are you ready to go and meet him on the other side? So that's why the same message is for everybody. Those who are waiting for him to come and those who are going to meet him on the other side before he comes, the message is the same. Christ is coming soon. You better get ready. You better be righteous. You better live for him. That is the message. Now let's continue. That's what Apostle Paul is saying here. Say, we are of the children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us wash and be sober. That's First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6 is what I'm reading. Verse 7 says, For they that sleep, they sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an element, the hope of salvation. So that is what you have, faith and love and hope of salvation. And keep looking up, Jesus is coming soon. Verse 9, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So our hope is that we are not going to be in the wrath of God that's coming upon the world, even if we are around by that time. The wrath of God is coming upon the world in the world war, pestilences, plagues, water turned to blood that the Bible said in the book of Revelation chapter 16. So many evil things that have been predicted that we end this generation, this age. But God has not appointed us to that wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or we are asleep, we should live together with him. That's verse 10. You see what I said? The message of Christ is coming soon and rapture is coming is sent to every generation. So that those who quicken their pace could live for him. So that even if they die, they would go and be with him. But if they are alive, they are living with him and for him. And when he has come, they are accepted. So it is for both those who are going to go in the rapture not die and those who are going to be resurrected in the rapture it is for both to know that the Lord is coming that same message is what you quicken our pace make us run right run the race right because the Lord will surely come and the same Lord is whom you are going to meet if you pass on onto the other side verse 12 verse 11 says wherefore Comfort yourself together and edify one another even as also you do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor 
among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now he said, honor those who honor is due, those who are ministers, honor them, esteem them for their work. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. Now these are exhortations for every believer to take heed to all these single, single instructions, how we should conduct ourselves among ourselves, among one another in, in the world. Render, don't render evil for evil. That's verse 15. Let ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. You understand what we are saying is in verse 15? Don't render evil for evil. Among yourself or even to any person. Follow that which is good. Among yourself and to all men. But it is a rejoice evermore. That is, be full of joy. Don't be sad. No matter what's happening, we have peace of Christ in us. Where well, I'm looking for a job. But rejoice because God is going to work it out for you. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. When you are melancholy and sad because of your situation, it's in that your faith. But when you are joyful, you say, Lord, I've presented this case to you. I'm happy. I know you are working on it. And you are rejoicing. God is going to make it happen speedily. He said, rejoice evermore. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. That means, pray concerning everything. Prayer is not just begging, begging, begging. You present it to Christ, to the Lord in prayer, and thank Him that He has heard you, and begin to expect, expectation that that what you pray for will be granted, and it's already on the way. It's what will make you to rejoice. So you have to be full of expectation. That's why you have to pray with us. Pray for everything. If you have nothing to pray for, pray for those who are preaching the gospel that their work will be effective. Pray for people to change, for human beings that are here in the gospel to repent. So that is pray with us. Just have something to pray for. Pray for rulers that they will do the right thing. So that's, uh, believers have a lot of to pray for. And don't be tired of praying. And also when you are praying, live for him. Live right for him. Verse 18. In everything, give thanks. That's another thing. You must give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We are called to be grateful to God that he even called us to be believers. And whatever is happening in our way, in our path, in our life, we should be giving thanks. That Thank you, Lord, for what's happening. You say, well, this is bad things that happened to you. But just thank God that even I'm alive to even experience this. Those who are dead, bad things, don't matter, bad things will not happen to them anymore. So, only those who are alive. So that I'm even alive, I should be thanking God. That will make God to reverse any bad thing. See? See? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He said, the dead cannot praise the Lord, so that we are alive is wanting to praise God for. Because if you are alive, great things can happen. Some bad things may happen, but greater things can still happen. So that's we are, why we have to come to praise God and thank Him. Verse 19 says, quench not the spirit, despise not proper signs, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, that is very important verse, verse 22. Abstain is what it said. Any appearance of evil, say some people are part going, gathering together, they are going to be having party, drinking, alcohol, and who knows what else will happen among them. Abstain from that gathering. Abstain. Abstain means keep yourself away. Don't go. Don't participate. Don't go there. That is what should be guiding us as believers. 
Don't say, well, I have to go because it's my brother's friends, something they are doing, body party. Some people have gone to a place like that and find themselves in serious trouble because they are respecting faces. When the Bible says, abstain me, I pray, you can also, gee, I couldn't make it, sorry. He said, well, when you are doing your own thing, they won't come. Well, if you are trying to always do the things of the world, you want to please men of the world. If you are always trying to do the things the way the world does it, you will be trying to please men of the world. When we became believers, our, our fellowship is now different from the fellowship of the world. You are now in another family, believers like yourself. That is how it should be. You should be among the believers that don't do those type of stuff. They don't go into partying and alcohol and adultery and fornication and those that goes on in their parties. See? We are to be holy and righteous and then we become a family of holy people and righteous people. That's why Christ said, if you forsake the, your family, your parents, your brethren, for my sake, you have a new family that are holy like you, brethren that are like you. People of like-minded that are following the Lord Jesus Christ, that become your new family, and that become your new friends. Those become your new brethren, and we have the same mindset. We do the same thing, things the same way, that we please God, not to please men, that we not cause sin in our, in our life. That is what Apostle Paul said: "Abstain from all appearance of evil, because the evil is still around the world, everywhere around you. But don't participate. Don't go to where they are gathering, because our conversation is in heaven." Verse twenty-three. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. The God of peace sanctify you holy. Segment set you apart completely. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a prayer that you pray for yourself. That your spirit and soul and body, that's the three in one. We are three in one. Just like the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We are three in one. That is inside you is your is you, your spirit and soul. That's the real you. Your body is like a coat that you are wearing that has eyes for your spirit to, to, to see through and nose for your spirit to breathe through or your body to breathe through and all type of thing. But that is just a coat. That's why when people die, they become like a bag of meat that they just have to throw away. But the real person has come out through the mouth. That's the mouth. That's your spirit and soul. Come out through the mouth and gone to wherever it's going, to heaven, paradise, or to hell. Where is going to be if he's an unbeliever? So you have to remember that. See, but God has to preserve your spirit and soul and body, preserve blameless for God Christ to be accept to, uh, to accept you unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you have to present your body a living sacrifice unto God. That is, your body is still important because God wants you to be holy. And your body needs to be sacrificed for God. You can't say your body wants to go and do those things that the world is doing because you are seeing them do it. You have to control your body because you are the real you is spirit inside you. So our body is the temple of the living God. That's why the Bible says, present your body as living sacrifice. That's why the Bible says, to preserve our spirit, soul, and body blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24 says, Faithful is he that called us, that has called you, who also will do it. So you see, it says God that is going to do it, but you have to submit to him. Remember that verse 24 is what I'm trying to point to in chapter 5. Say, faithful is he, that's God that has called you, who also will do it. He says, God don't go to do it, or I'm not going to do it. It is God that is doing it through you. But God does not force himself upon human beings. You voluntarily accepted him. Then you have to voluntarily yield yourself to him. He will work it out. How will he do it? By just yielding to what the Bible says here that we are explained to you. Abstain from all appearance of evil. You yield to that. 
say, I will begin to abstain, then God will be able to make you do it. The way you surrender to God is by surrender to His Word. This Bible that we are reading to you, explanation of it, how we should conduct ourselves. When you say, yes, I will do it, Lord, Lord help me to do it, then He will work it out in you. But those who say, well, I can't stop this. I don't want to stop it because I like it. Then you are rejecting the Word and God cannot help you. So it's a, it's a what you call it? It's an agreement. It's a, can two work together except they be agreed? So it is an agreement between us and God. We voluntarily, voluntarily, we are volunteers, voluntarily surrender to Christ. And then he will work this work in us. So the word he has put in the scriptures, when we read it and we surrender and say, Lord, yeah, I've been committing that offense. Forgive me and help me to do this. I want to fulfill this Bible verse. Then you are surrendering to his word. The Holy Ghost in you now will work it out. You will see that you are able to do what the Bible says. That is what the Bible said, when he, what he meant when he said, God is the one that's going to do it, but we are to surrender to him to do it in us. Verse 25 says, Pray for us. Greet all the brethren with an holy kiss. I shall you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So the summary that's chapter 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 to 5. As we have just read, and the summary of it is Christ is coming soon. Live for him so that you will be acceptable to him. Whether you die before he comes you die in christ not in your sin you'll be you go and meet him and he's going to bring you back resurrecting the dead before in the rapture and if you are alive by the time he comes make sure you are living for him the way he wants then you'll be one of them to suddenly change say we shall all be changed those who are resurrected will get a new body those who are alive will get a body that will be immortal because they are going to get disappear from this physical heart and never see that anymore. That's the rapture. And it's coming soon. It may not be your generation, but it's coming soon. 